0: Thanks for listening to CarCast
1: on Podcast One. Hey guys, Jay Cutler. Starting a new podcast called Uncut with Jay Cutler. Most of you know me from the NFL, some of you have seen me on Instagram, and some of you know me from the reality TV world. Each week I'm taking you along with me as we discuss football, turning topics, and whatever's going on in my life each week. I'm bringing along people that are special in my life former teammates, friends and some new people that I like and respect. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Podcasting? I think I'm doing this right. Can't wait to get started with you. Go subscribe now. Uncut with Jay Cutler. Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify. Or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: What do we got, moderator?
0: Oh, this week we're going to talk a little bit about SEMA, what was going on over there. And then we're going to check in with our friend uh, Jeff O'Neill about the Velocity Invitational, a cool, cool new event that he's yeah. putting on at the track.
2: First, we'll tell you about uh, Live by Live events, music, podcasts, comedy, all on one app, Live by Live. You can check out Live by Live, the app at Live by Live com For the latest podcast news, personalized music stations curated by actual human beings. And you can watch uh, a lot of major music festivals and comedy events and sporting events, exclusive concerts, all for just three ninety nine a month. So live by live, you can try live by live today with a free seven-day trial at livexlive.com forward slash carcasts. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on a choice, but again, I'm minute to get it on. And welcome to Car I'm Madam Curl. It's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. Hello, how you doing? Good. Back from his triumphant appearance at the SEMA. I'm back from the uh, Simeon Museum just outside of Philly. Went over there to uh, hang out with uh, Willie T and the good doctor. And um, Jeff O'Neill is going to join us. We'll talk about the uh, Velocity Invitational. Um, We'll give you the nuts and the bolts of uh, that coming up uh, at uh, Laguna Seca this weekend. Yeah. All right, so, and you're driving the new uh, Mustang Mach-E.
0: I mean, I, I just started driving it, so I'll, I'll have more about it, but so far I, I like it. It's not the GT version, it's not the performance version, but it is the all-wheel drive with the extended range battery, and it, it seems easy, it seems nice, it seems quiet, it does what it's supposed to do.
2: What do you think <laughs> the range is?
0: Uh, when they delivered it, it said like two thirty, and I think it was um, about ninety five percent. And I think maybe it changes a little based on driving habits, but we know the the Mustang Machis range from somewhere around two thirty to three hundred. So I think mm-hmm. I have like a two fifty.
2: Yeah, I got the uh, adapter for the Tesla. Yeah, plug-in cord that's in my garage to plug into my Lincoln. Um, it goes quite a bit faster. It's a little wanky, not the adapter, the adapter for those of you who are, you know, your wife drives a Tesla and you drive something else. Uh, it's like, it's a pigtail. I think Mm -hmm. we would call them in the construction business. Um, the adapters, it's about 16, 18 inches long. It snaps on pretty easily and then adapts and snaps onto the vehicle. Um, it works. It charges faster. The, the whole kind of the electric thing as far as the Lincoln goes is it's a, it's a little catch as catch can. Sometimes you plug it in overnight and you leave it for, 18 hours or something and it you get on it it says 21 miles and this morning I got on it said 27 miles it, it's never had that kind of range it usually hangs out about 18 or 19 or something like that the um, the non 240 you know just the household current 110 yeah. that's pretty slow kind of seems like even if you leave it you know for 24 hours you still don't get much over 19 or 20 um it would be awesome if you could get to 40 or 50 yeah. and then just kind of use it. It doesn't I, I don't even some, think the for,
0: Lincoln has that much range on EV only.
2: No, and uh that was kind of my beef with a lot of the plug-in hybrid, you know, gas-powered whatever which is like get the EV to 35 or something you know yeah. 17 doesn't really do you that much and then also it'll say like 22 miles and then you'll you'll get up the street and it'll be at 14 miles you know and it's like well,
0: that's I, the part that there's a lot nuts. of
2: that yeah. which is i'm yeah, all right it's not an exact science but if you say 22 miles and i've driven four blocks and it's now at 16 miles that doesn't Seem like it's calculating it right.
0: What's interesting is is our friends at Edmonds do a lot of testing on the pure EVs and the Mustang Mach-E and I think the Porsche Taycan both came in uh the numbers were conservative. They they were beating the numbers by mm-hmm. by respectable margin mm-hmm. uh in, in those cars. Whereas I think Tesla was about spot on. Tesla was actually maybe even a little negative.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh so I don't know what the total I, – I can tell you that – I don't know. I think it's like 30 miles for me to drive here mm-hmm. and sitting in traffic for an hour this morning and on its way. I don't think it knocked 30 miles off of the range. So it, it did it like a little better or somehow conserve power or maybe it was just cooler out. Like who knows what with the
2: – Yeah. You know, think flat ground You know, for the most part, low I, speed. I think this is an accurate statement, but I'm not – Totally sure. It's basically it's like this. At least it seems with the Lincoln. Um, if you fill up your tank with fuel and you get 400 miles worth of range, but you plug it in every night when you get home, uh, as as I do pretty dutifully, um, I feel like you can take that range of 400 miles, which may last you for a week. And you can stretch it out to like ten days or eleven days. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a tank extender.
0: That's what it is. It, it, they're saying, hey, if we get you twenty five miles of EV range, they're saying blend that into the total because right? it's hybrid. It'll go a little on and off a little bit. It'll just it'll it'll go EV just a little bit here and a little bit there. And it's yeah, just like and yeah, it you, just adds to the total you, range.
2: You basically, if you plug it in every night instead of filling up once a week, you fill up once every ten or eleven days, yeah. and that's something. Yeah. So, and good I'm for sure them.
0: they'll argue other things like, uh, it, 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 you know, because of that, it's more cost efficient, and because of that, it's cleaner overall because mm-hmm. it keeps shutting down the the gas engine. So. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of things that they're taking. By mentioning EV, that was kind of a theme at SEMA was Mm -hmm. uh, more EV conversions, you know, Porsches and Broncos and all kinds of stuff. You know, two years ago at SEMA, there wasn't really a SEMA last year. Two years ago, there was, I don't know, three cars and one or two companies developing some sort of EV product like an electric motor or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now there must have been... 10 or 15 EV cars converted and you know a half a dozen or so companies making various parts. But the big move was both Ford and GM have stepped into that market. Ford announced their illuminator engine. Their crate engines are illuminator engines. The illuminator engine is the electric motor out of the Mach E as a crate motor. Now you still have to do Some power packs and get an inverter and batteries, but it's 281 horsepower. It's the size of a manual transmission, a Tremec transmission without a bell housing on it. it, weighs 205 pounds, and it's a good little EV motor. And they're saying, yeah, you know, they had a, they had like a F100, like a 70 something, 78 F100, all wheel drive, two electric motors, 500 horsepower, all electric. That was what SEMA built. Yeah, that's what Ford built for their. So they're zone.
2: building crate electric crate motors for conversions?
0: For hot rod builders that are a little more creative. There's not really – that there's still several steps away, of, away from making it easy for the garage builder. How do the battery packs work? So they don't yeah. offer a battery pack. You've got to go to a third-party company and figure out battery packs and an inverter and so, some of the wiring. So it, it's still a few steps away.
2: Uh, so let's just say uh, we take one of my 510s yeah, and we pull the motor out yeah. or the engine out. Now we have to make a distinction. That's,
0: I've been saying crate engine for gas engines and crate motor for electric motors. Right. It's, so
2: we'll pull the engine out. Yes. And then we take the crate motor yes. and we bolt it right up to the bell housing.
0: No. So th- there are a couple of companies there that have an electric motor with gear reductions and adapter plates that could allow that, the Ford motor is set up sort of transverse. So it would be a front-wheel drive car or you put the motor in the back for a rear-wheel drive car. That's the current configuration. doesn't mean there's not going to be some adapter to make this happen later, but that's currently how it
2: is. Well, it it seems to me that if we're talking about converting an old Porsche or a pickup truck or a 510 – You'd want that bell housing adapter because you'd want to use the transmission, the differential. You know, yeah. The, it seems like a lot of surgery. Uh, just sticking with the five ten theme it seems like a lot of surgery to mount that thing in the rear and get it to power. Right. So what that, would you do with the diff and the independent and
0: there was a there was a. There was a Porsche there that had an EV conversion. It was a little bit easier because what the motor What year motors was the Porsche? Had, uh, I, I don't know.
2: Well, I don't, you don't can remember. say eight, y- late, y- early.
0: Yeah, but like 80s. Okay. Uh, so that one was a little different. That was a little bit easier. But I did see – this is one of the things I talked to Ford about when I interviewed Ford Performance. I said, hey, you got this motor. What do you think about offering parts for this? Like – like you're saying like a bell housing and a gear reduction to make this thing instead of a 10 or 15 or 20,000 rpm electric motor keep it in that 0 to 8,000 rpm range being able to hook it up to a transmission and and offer i don't know like a k member or or motor mounts like is there is there you know bungs or something or or mounting You know, platforms, little plates, or whatever, so you can do motor mounts. And he's like, Yeah, the aftermarket, the aftermarket is what he was saying. He's like, So they're not quite there yet, but they're hoping the aftermarket's going to say, Hey, we've got, you know, an early Mustang. EV swap kit. It uses the Ford electric motor, and then we made the rest. I did see a cool piece where it was a cool like billet gear reduction thing. You take a Tesla motor, which spins at a crazy amount of RPM, and it literally put it in that 8,000 RPM range. So now it feels like a regular engine, but it is a electric motor, and so now it's easier to... Configure it in a way like you're saying. Like, can we put that in the front of the car? Have it go to a drive shaft to the rear of the car and shift it, or something, or or at least spin it up to that eight thousand range.
2: How uh and then how much battery are we talking about? I mean, so where do you that's put? That's the thing. It?
0: Is I I asked for. It was like, why not make a small modular battery? You know, whatever a, a one foot by two foot battery, and then able allow people to daisy chain them so you can stick them all over the car right mm-hmm. obviously if you're building you know a pickup truck or something you can where the fuel tanks were where the spare tire was maybe a little bit in the bed of the truck behind the cab for center of gravity mm-hmm. but if you're doing a you know a 69 Camaro uh you put some in i don't know you put some in the in the trunk you try to put some down low uh maybe underneath the back seat or remove the back seat um if the electric motor isn't taking a lot of room, maybe you can put another battery or two small ones under the hood area like it, not only are you trying to fit them in but you're trying to fit them as close to the center and low as possible mm-hmm. uh you know so there there was a company doing early Broncos as an e v mm-hmm you know, but when you're, you're higher up and you build a bespoke chassis, you know, uh, you've got more room, sort of in that ladder frame chassis. To, to yeah, but but you don't need a transmission tunnel. You don't need an exhaust system. You don't need fuel tanks. So if you remove all of that stuff, it gives you more room for battery. But I haven't seen anybody do like, you know, like a twelve by twelve or a twelve by twenty four by six inch high or eight inch high, like sort of battery. But also the wiring, the inverter. There's a few components.
2: Yeah, well, I'm guessing we're not quite there yet, but soon. Like like I said, there
0: was about 10 or 15 converted vehicles and maybe a half a dozen companies getting into it. Next year, there's going to be double that.
2: Yeah, soon one will be able to take one of your Mustangs or one of my Datsuns and bolt in a motor where the engine used to be and Mm -hmm. then have sort of modular battery system that didn't take – you know, getting out uh, a cutting wheel and, you know, doing doing that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, it, it'll be there. We're just not quite yeah. there yet. All right. Let me tell you about Trico over a century ago. Trico was the first to make wiper blades, and uh, they've been a step ahead of Mother Nature ever since. Trico, engineers study your specific driving conditions to make sure you're ready for anything even if it rains actual cats and dogs although my dog phil landed <laughs> on your car I, even the trico the mighty trico blades couldn't remove phil whatever the weather trico wipers maintain maximum windshield contact no matter what your driving habits you'll always find the right wiper blade for your vehicle trico well, that's the future of wipers, and they've been around since 1917. So if you want to find a store near you and get the latest offers, you go to TricoCatsAndDogs.com. That is Trico, T-R-I-C-O, CatsAndDogs.com. Uh, yeah, I went to the uh, Simeon Foundation yeah, Museum. Uh, it's a good-sized place. It's uh, outside of Philly. It was about a 20, 25 minute uh, Uber ride just from right the center of Philly. Mm-hmm. Kind of an industrial part of town. A little bit of a tough neighborhood. <laughs> uh, it's a nice, big, beautiful uh, facility. Lots of cool cars there. Saw the uh, Daytona Cobra. Okay. Uh, Willie T was there, was uh, being interviewed. Um, I was just kind of left. Uh, Baltimore took a train to Philly, checked into the hotel, got in an Uber. It was kind of, it's all kind of a blur, but uh, I went up there with Willie yeah. and uh, hung out for a little bit. How's Willie doing? Uh, Willie's Willie. He, I mean, Willie's time. doing great. He's, yeah. he's doing a
0: great, he's always having a good time. He's
2: always having a good time. So I went up there with Willie. I, I sat with uh, Dr. Simeon, saw some of his uh, cool pieces. I think Max Apatican find it. I think he had a Ferrari 250 LM Mm. that. Doctor's doing well. We've (laughs) talked about, I've always talked about how I thought that car was undervalued eight or 10 years ago. Uh, Not under. I had two cars that I thought were undervalued when they were five million bucks, and that was basically the Ford GT40. I was like, these, you know, they're five, six, seven million bucks. It's still too cheap. And, and the Ferrari two fifties. I just thought those were five, six, seven million bucks. I still felt like they were undervalued. Both those cars are, you know, all about the history, but they're, they're both kind of in the barrier, you know, 15 to 20 million bucks. Now they popped up, yeah. both those cars popped up pretty hard. Uh, I think his was a 63 and I think it ran Lama, and I Think it may have won Le Mans but the most expensive car on the planet is the one that won Le Mans outright and I think that was the last Ferrari to win but I don't know what it says Maxapata, so you it can It is uh, a
1: car just like this one won Le Mans so I don't know if there's a car Oh, there. is that what yeah. it
2: said? Yeah, I think Mike said it won Lamar or something, but it was just yeah, but like Knight,
0: that one. Mike's not up to speed with the finer details in the descriptions we find in auctions, where they write three paragraphs about a Lamar winning card, and then they're like, "This is not that car, oh, but right. it, but it really like
2: it qualified for Lamar." And yeah, I was. That. It was funny. I took <laughs> note of it because I was like, I know a two fifty or three hundred, and they look the same. I I know a two fifty one Le Mans outright in like sixty three or sixty four some somewhere in there. 65. Chris, oh, 65. and that was that was about it for Ferrari winning Le Mans outright. Yeah. Then it started the GT forty era, and then that led into the nineteen seventeen Porsche and then Porsche dominance and whatever. And that was the most expensive car on the planet. And hundred
0: million, you think?
2: Well, Bruce uh I, I don't know if you could get it for a hundred million bucks, but over a hundred million bucks. That's, uh, that, that's his take. He would know. Um, so when I saw this one and something about Lamaze, like did they win back to back or, you know, when did they, how this mm-hmm. work or whatever? But that that's just the 250 with, with race history. But uh,
1: yeah, it began its racing career in 64, most notably at the Sebring 12 hours, where it retired after catching on fire. Mm. And it's on loan from Luigi Canetti
2: not as good as winning le mans not as outright. good as winning. catching on fire at Seabury. <laughs> yeah. not as good um but uh yeah the car looks the same um but yeah the daytona was there they kind of rolled it up to where we were i was so my schedule was so crazy i just i only had time to do a lap around the museum i think i did one when i arrived and one when I was done with Willie, because uh, Mike was in the back of the crowd pointing at his wristwatch at a certain point, he because was probably eating as well, <laughs> <laughs> we had to get back and uh, back to Philly, and then go to Keswick outside of town, and then do a show and, yeah. and blah 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 blah. But uh, good timing got to got to run into Willie and got to see the doctor and got to sort of run through the mm-hmm. the museum, which is. Really nice, it's much more spread out than, let's say, the Shelby Museum in Golden or right. outside of yeah. Denver, which is the most cars you're going to see in a condensed spot. Yeah, I mean, 10,000 square the, foot the or value whatever they have per capita
0: in that room per is square very high. foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> versus
2: other places where yeah. there's a lot of breathing room, you know, right. from car to car, there might be. Ten or twelve feet in between the displays versus you know if you open the door you 're going to mm-hmm. ding the car next to you,
0: yeah, it was good to to be able to check that out because I remember we when we spoke to him, we had a good conversation i 've been curious about his uh, his museum um, in Vegas. I went to shelby american they they did a presentation at a little party at their place, and uh, I went to the bronco off rodeo and drove the new bronco Mm -hmm. off-road did some rock climbing some high speed did like a 15 minute like all-encompassing tour and they kind of show you through the vehicle sway bar disconnect and and stuff so had a couple of other things going on out there other than just semo which was good yeah it was a it was a it was a good event semo by the way kind of different lay of the land many Mm -hmm. exhibitors uh were not there Mm -hmm. aisles were a little bigger uh walking around, talking to people a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. But quite a few people not there, so exhibitors not there, so didn't have those conversations. Oh, also, I did take a quick little ride. The West Hall was the new West Hall. I think you walked around for a tour a while back. Mm -hmm. Going from, like, Central Hall or South Hall to the West Hall, they have the boring tunnels, and Mm -hmm. the Teslas go underground. Mm -hmm. And... I thought there would be a huge line being at SEMA, but there really wasn't. It's pretty efficient mm-hmm. and uh, interesting. It, you you just kind of go down like if you're going into a subway, and when you get down there, you see a couple of Teslas kind of like pulled in, and they're all kind of like making U turns and going around in and out of this. Mm-hmm. the The hole is not as big as you think, right? Like the the boring tunnel hole, it kind of fits one lane. Yeah. It's like LED lit up and it changes mm-hmm. colors. Mm-hmm. I just kept thinking that scene in Willy Wonka. We're on the boat and there's like all the wacky shit on the wall. I don't know why it's a creamly – it's very like scary part of that movie. is mm-hmm. like as a kid and mm-hmm. whatever, like the chicken gets its head cut off or something. It felt a little like that but without all the weird shit on the walls. But it was easy going from Central Hall after walking, you know, whatever, seven miles a day. Mm-hmm. Going from Central Hall to the West Hall. I just went outside, went underground, got in a Tesla, didn't wait in line. Two minutes later, pop out of the ground over at West Hall, and I walked right in. It's interesting.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, hopefully it's the future. I mean, I, I this is, you know— I don't know how far it spans. It maybe a eighth of a mile or something like that. I think
0: like 1.8 miles they do. Oh, yeah, because there's three uh, stops. They, oh, there's three stops. Yeah, there's South Hall, Central Hall, and West Hall, which is under the street, and you got to cross the street and get to the mm-hmm. other parking lot by the Marriott and the Spring Hill Suites. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's about 1.8 miles. Now, it works because it's super clean because it's Tesla. There's no emissions.
2: Right. Right? You know, if you... Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, normally yeah. have big fans and stuff that to blow the right. exhaust but, out. But, you know, right.
0: and it's new and it's it's a novelty. So it's not like people are in there smoking and graffiti on the walls. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's a couple of nice Teslas. And it's, it's an Uber ride, basically. It's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did it free, at least for the weekend. Maybe it's going to cost something at some point, but it was just free. And it's just – you just hop into the – You know, into a Tesla, and a guy's driving. He's like, Hey, you know, welcome. Where would you like to go? West Hall or South Hall? Because I was in Central Hall. So you
2: can pop up in different spots?
0: Yes. There's, and so there's just the three stops, but it's a, it works at the convention center and Mm -hmm. it's a very good real world example, just an experiment of what's possible. It was interesting. It was interesting to do for sure. If you get out there, I recommend you just try it. It takes two minutes, but it's interesting.
2: All right, uh, Jeff O'Neill is going to join us shortly to talk about... We talked to him at um, the Pebble Beach yeah, at the, the Pebble. out on the lawn, I think, for for a moment or two. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of the... Um, I was talking to you about it, and I think he was talking about, it. yeah, come on down to the Velocity Invitational. You can drive one of my cars. And I was trying to think of the car. I I think it's a... A vintage Trans Am car. Now that uh, yeah, I, now that it pops, and now that I'm looking at his run groups, I think it's a you know pony car, late 60s. I can't remember which one, but it sounded kind of intriguing to me. All right, let me tell you about Roman Ed. Well, it's common. 52 percent of guys, 40 to 70, experience some form of erectile dysfunction. Go to GetRoman.com dot slash carcast. Do it now. Speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction and get 15 bucks off your first month's treatment. ED treatment can help you reconnect with your partner, rediscover the joy of sex. Completely confidential and totally discreet. Get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. No big logos or labels on packages. It ships to you free with two-day shipping. It's Roman, right, Matt?
0: Yeah, just uh, go to GetRoman.com slash CarCast today. And if you're prescribed, you get $15 off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this fall. Get Roman ready.
2: All right. Well, uh, Sean's working on the uh, 510 BRE over there waiting Waiting for stuff from the plater. always waiting for yeah. the powder coater guy. He blamed you. He said, You've got some exotic gray that's <laughs> taken too long over there, and somehow my cross member got caught up.
0: I'm not in sure the how mix. one has to do with the other. Why can't well, he just deliver the cross he member? He blames
2: you. Yeah. And I'm then, sure, he does and then the powder coater came and dropped off a bunch of his shit of course which has nothing to do with me but <laughs> yeah. i'm still uh unless still you're doing your uh, cross
0: member the same gray as i'm doing my my pieces wow well,
2: i didn't uh, i wasn't hearing any of it but uh <laughs> he still blamed you so you should you should know that so uh, so it sounds like my pieces are not done <laughs> i uh, listen powder coater guys plating guys mm-hmm. i've never heard Maybe maybe cable guys like back when you you needed cable. Mm-hmm. Now they're nice because people have cut the cable. But before, back in the day, you needed your cable. Yeah. It was it was like heroin. You know what I mean? You had nothing <laughs> without that cable. You'd be watching yeah. Channel Thirteen and like local news. Yeah, all you know? fuzzy. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And the cable guys be like, eh. Eh, maybe we will be there between 7 and 5 p.m. See what kind of mood we're in. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, right. okay, whatever. Thank you. I'll quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll be standing. I'm going to stay home. And then they're like, I couldn't make it today. you got to do it again tomorrow. you got to oh, take their, another day off. Their greatest <laughs> one is when they give you the 11-hour window and then miss that day. And then you go, yeah, well, we'll come tomorrow. And then you go, okay, what time are you coming tomorrow? And they go, between 7 and 5 p.m. <laughs> and you go, wait a minute. You don't get to have another huge window on right. the day you whiffed right. on. And their thing would always be like, all right, you don't want cable? And you'd be like, no, no, sorry. <laughs> a plater guys are kind of that kind way. Like of that the way. plater was like the powder coat guys, like, yeah, hey, he's going to drop it off at the end of last week. Then he's going to drop it off at the beginning of this week. Then it's in uh, never – all I do is I walk in every morning and go, where's my cross member for my five ten? And I'm like he's not here. He didn't drop he, he dropped drop, off our stuff. Talk to Matt about his exotic gray. He's holding up the line. Oh, well, maybe it's done. I should go over there. So uh, <laughs> I'm we'll, looking forward to it. We'll keep you we'll keep you posted uh, on that one. Uh, let's see. So Jeff is not on with us yet, so we can talk about other subjects. Where'd you go drive the Bronco? So, Ford's doing
0: these these events. They they in Vegas they had like an old like Boy Scout camp, and they I don't know if they bought it or rent it, but they put up a lot of their own like permanent signage. And there's driving events. It's kind of like Ford put up Ford did
2: their so, permanent signage,
0: and yeah. it's kind of like going to Speed Vegas or Bondurant School, but an off road version. Mm-hmm. And they have multiple locations around the country: Texas, Moab, Vegas, a couple of other places. I went there for uh, for a media event but they had a bunch of the Broncos there and I haven't driven the Bronco yet and they did a short, like it's a half day thing or a full day thing and they're like, we'll get you in like a, we, we, we coursed out like a 15 minute version mm-hmm. and a little bit of everything. So mm-hmm. you, you jump in the Bronco with a co-driver, the Ford guy and he's like, just go ahead and hit the gas, go as fast as you want. So you go as fast as you want through the dirt and then you get you slow down. He's like, here's the rock climbing climbing area. Hit this button on the dash. Uh, put it in rock climbing mode. Disconnect the front sway bar. You'll just do it while you're just sitting there, and he's showing you all the buttons. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you've never done it before, you're you're, you're climbing, and you're like, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be able to do it. And he's like, engage the sway bar, disconnect the sway bar, and you'll notice the difference. You'll see what's going on. You don't uh-huh. have as much traction. So, And then you go the high-speed whoops and whatnot. So it was kind of fun to do, but they debuted the Bronco DR, Desert Racer. If you're familiar, Ford Performance released the Ford Cobra Jet. They make 50 of them, and it's a race-ready turnkey drag race vehicle. If you have an NHRA license and you want to go racing, you order the car, you buy it, you can slap some stickers on it, you're ready to go. Mm
3: Mm-hmm
0: the The Bronco DR is sort of the off road racer Baja version of that, and it Mm -hmm. was actually pretty cool. They rolled it out, incredible suspension. uh, You know, doors don't open. You climb through the you know climb through the window. Big spare tires in the back, but they put the five liter V eight Coyote engine in it, so it sounded awesome. And Mm -hmm. it's a you know for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, it's a turnkey Baja racer. They'll make fifty of them, and uh, two fifty, you say? Know, yeah, two hundred fifty mm-hmm. gram, and it's it's ready to go. You know, you slap your stickers on it, your livery, your sponsors. Not street legal. Not street legal. The doors don't open. You got to climb through it. Like it's it's a it's a racer, uh, but it's interesting. I assume it Do doesn't you- go into a stock class because you have to make five thousand regular cars to homologate the race car, and it's got the 5-liter Coyote engine, and a Bronco doesn't have a Coyote engine.
2: Right. Maybe they'll have their own class.
0: Maybe they will. I don't know that it's a spec racer. You know, it's not like, you know, the Ferrari Challenge. It's mm-hmm. it's not quite that, but uh, I guess it's going to go in some other modified class or unlimited class. I don't really know all the, the different classes, but it looked cool and it sounded. And you know, they brought up a bunch of vintage – they brought up a vintage Bronco – That was a Baja racer, and some of the racers they've done over this past year just in testing a Bronco Sport, another Bronco, and Von Gittin Jr. was there, and he had his rock crawler Bronco, and so it was a cool cool little event. That was on Monday, the day before the SEMA show opened.
2: We uh, should—we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, the—we talked about the Toyota 2000s and the one finishing out at— Eight fifty-five, all in. Yeah, I believe. I don't know if we gave the final number on the show last time, but uh, there's another one up. Was mm-hmm. sitting about six fifty-five a day or so ago, and uh, I don't know what this means. If it means those cars are back, um, does it mean uh, people are just uh, scared of inflation and putting their money places? Is it you know I. I look at it as good news for the Japanese guys because uh, I don't know what segment has gone up more than the Japanese cars. Some of those skylines from the early nineties, you know, yeah. topping out at 325 k. You know,
0: so the white one was eight hundred and fifty thousand was the ending price, so and I guess it's you got to add the five thousand, right? Break. Yeah, so you're right, eight fifty-five on that. This other one has two days left. It's sitting at six fifty-five. Uh, then we said the white one was something a little more unique. It was
2: a little bit, but I I don't think it was a special story situation. I don't, I, you know, it, it didn't, whatever the story was, it didn't feel to me like it was going to add more than 50 K to it, you know? Um, all right. Jeff O'Neill is ready for us. Oh, I don't have to pop him up. He's, He's here already. Jeff, can you hear us? I sure can. Can you hear me? Yeah. Good to speak to you again. Hello. Yeah. Likewise. Uh, the velocity invitational is the race velocity com is where you can go for, uh, all the information you need. That's down at the WeatherTech uh, raceway in Laguna Seca. It's basically going on as you, as you hear this, um, Jeff, let's talk about uh, you and cars, and uh, we know we spoke at Pebble Beach for a little while. I think uh, you have a vintage Trans Am car. I think you have a few cars, so let's talk about some of your cars.
1: I, I do, I do. I've got the Pernelli Jones uh, 69 Boss uh,
2: Mustang, but uh, I was hoping you were going to come out and drive. Yes, I, I, I've, I have been... Never been busier in my entire life than the last four weeks where I have traveled every weekend and did every single goddamn show. So <laughs> I'm, I just was screwed schedule wise. But uh, you'll do it every year, right? Absolutely. And the car, when you're ready, we're ready. I would love to drive that car. You know, it is the more you go to Laguna Seca and the more you watch the races, the more you start to filter down on the Trans Am series because they're all so evenly matched, you know, horsepower, tires, everything's basically the same guys with too much horsepower, not quite enough tire sliding those cars around Mm -hmm. out there. It's just, uh, it's just, it's the funnest run group, I think to watch out there. And it'd be so exciting to get in there with those guys. So what I know you have, what, 11 run groups going off. We do. We do. We've got everything from Formula One to early
1: 1930s um, and then all the way up to a number of exhibitions. We've got six uh, seven of the eight uh, GT, four GT LM cars that ran at Le Mans to go sort of retake the title from uh, uh, Ferrari again uh, 50 years later. So we've got a lot of very cool stuff out here.
2: How many cars in total do you reckon are going to show up over the weekend?
1: We have about 200 registered. Um, we had about 400 apply, um, but our our criteria is it has to be a a, a significant race car that raced in period uh, without any modifications.
2: The uh, you know that's a substantial number, and I'm I'll I'll just kind of go off memory, and Matt will help us out. I think for the big granddaddy, the big Rose Bowl of. Uh, Car Week, Laguna Seca, Rolex Historics. They get about 500 cars or maybe they cut it I off about 550. 550. 550. Off? Yeah. We've done yep. a lot of B-Sedan races out there, 2.5 Trans Am, stuff like that. Um, they've gotten, you know, they get 150, maybe 200 cars. 200 cars is substantial. That's, uh, that's significant without being crowded. It, at 550, it gets a little crowded out there. Uh, You know, I do 50 cars in my run group. You know, it's a little bit crowded, but at 20, 25 cars, it's competitive, but much more comfortable.
1: Yeah. And what we've really tried to do at Adams, I I want this to be a forum where guys aren't afraid to bring their cars out. So the the driver here is we're trying to entertain uh, drivers and families, which is kind of a new direction for uh, auto racing in north america we want to bring food and wine and and i don't want people to hesitate about bringing their wife or girlfriend or their kids And and by the way any kid uh, under 15 is is free uh this weekend so those making last minute plans uh bring the bring the kids because we want to educate everybody we're trying to a give a forum to the guys with the great cars to show them because i, I just have this fundamental belief you never actually own these cars you're simply the caretaker. In between owners and um, getting them on the track is just so fabulous. It's just so different than a static museum.
0: The the event itself is sort of uh, you know the quail meets Rolex Historics all in 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 one venue. Uh, but you're saying anybody can show up and get tickets at the door just to watch. Absolutely, and,
1: okay. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. We've uh, we think we've got around four thousand coming right now, um, on Saturday, but, uh, but there's still tickets available for Friday, Saturday
2: and Sunday. Do, is, is this something, you know, we've been to different events that were kind of off the Rolex historics calendar. We've been to winter speed days at Laguna Seca. We've been to, uh, various Trans-Am or 2.5 Trans-Am races, b sedan races and things like that. Is this going to be on the calendar somewhere around this date every year so we can kind of circle it on the calendar and, and plan on it like we do in preparation for the Rolex Historics every year?
1: Absolutely. This is already on the calendar for 2022 in October. Um, uh, at, at Laguna Seca, and uh, uh, so yes, so we are we are planning on uh, on making it an annual event. Is this the maiden voyage? No, we did an initial one at Sonoma Speed, Speedway. Oh, Sonoma. Uh, in in 2019. We had a great turnout there, and then of course COVID hit. But uh, this uh, this this one has uh, more cars, more folks, more entertainment. Uh, you know everything from. You can come out and watch races, or you can drive a brand new, uh, take a Porsche Taycan electric vehicle for a test drive. So we're trying to make sure there's entertainment for everybody.
2: And you know, the other thing that's nice is, you know, when you come in for car week, it's kind of good luck finding a hotel room, good luck getting a restaurant reservation. I mean, the the town just fills up with people because there's, 19 events going on mm-hmm. at the same time uh, but in this situation you can enjoy the track and probably not sit in traffic all the way back to the hotel and go out and make a reservation for a restaurant that night without having to worry about getting bumped so that's that's I nice. I I love it um, let's talk about Goodwood in that. We've been to Goodwood a few times. We've been to the Festival of Speed. We've been to the Hill Climb a few times. I've participated in the Hill Climb a, f- a few times. And every time we go, we go, someone's got to kind of bring that out here. A, yeah. a and, little. And a lot of people have pitched the idea, but haven't really pulled it off. Yeah, but we don't want so much you know the kind of swap meet at the Pomona Fairgrounds and, <laughs> and that kind of stuff we're looking for a little more of what they got at Goodwood which is some good wine some good food little higher end clientele and it is sort of for the lack yeah. of a better term classier <laughs> experience and yeah. i it, Did you have you looked at Goodwood? Have you thought, you know, this could be a Goodwood North American version or at least shades of it?
1: Well, absolutely. I've raced. I've done the members meeting. I've done the revival over there. Um, You know, they bring amazing cars, but most importantly, they uh, bring entertainment for all the all all the guests that come. And um, I mean, the the Duke of Richmond um, has done an amazing job. And it is the premier event in the world, and we have nothing that even compares to that in north america and you know our goal here is is to do i mean we 're not going to replicate exactly what um, uh, lord March does but but we can bring a much more elevated experience, and so that 's why we brought wines and we 've got spirit booths, and you can taste and Uh, And have spectacular food. And if you don't feel like watching a race, you can step back and step into the Sip and Savor Pavilion and close the doors and take a break. And we've got a sparkling wine pavilion. If you're if you want to watch the start of the race and as swirl a glass of um, Robert Hall sparkling wine, you can do that. So we're it's this is about entertainment, and I think everybody in North America thinks we're running races and. And yes, the races are very competitive. The drivers are fast uh, and good. But at the end of the day, um, it, it's about more than that. And it's to, to us, it's about showing the evolution of technology. And you know, so whether it's new EV cars, um, uh, whether it's you know autonomous driving vehicles, we want to bring it all. So we, we think that's the way to show uh, spectators a great time.
2: Let's talk about you said you have the uh Parnelli Jones uh sixty nine Trans Am Mustang. Yep. Yeah, still I, waiting.
1: I still don't have a driver for it this weekend. <laughs> I love that
2: <laughs> I love that car so much. Uh, when did
1: you get that car? I bought that car about three years ago or four uh yeah, three and a half years ago. And uh, uh yeah, it was uh it was very competitive in period. Uh Parnelli Jones drove it in the first race. Um and then George Fulmer drove it uh, uh, for the rest of the season. But
2: what else those are
1: fun cars to drive? Let me tell you, it's different than what you've been driving.
2: What What do you uh, What else do you have in your collection? Uh,
1: I've got. I bought one of the uh, 2016, uh, 2016 uh, Ford GT Le Mans car, the second place winner um, uh, in twenty seventeen. Nice. Uh, I bought that. For factory which is again i mentioned earlier we have seven of eight of those um i've got a maserati birdcage which uh is from 1960 um you know that car back in the day ran at nurbering and um, silverstone and you know all the all the great tracks um you know and that one's notable simply because they call it a birdcage because they have the lightweight uh very tiny tubular frame uh, chassis around it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to look very hard to see it. You you just walk up to that car and you can see right. why it's called the birdcage. You yeah. don't have to get your right. head under it. <laughs> what else uh, do you have?
1: Well, the most important car I'm going to drive I don't own. Um, but a terrific guy named Tom Price who owns a 250 GTO, uh, 1962 250 GTO, um, has asked me to race it at the uh, Velocity Invitational. And um, so we'll have two of the most valuable cars uh, in the world out there, uh, racing head to head in the uh, in the GT class.
2: Wow, you got some good friends there. You got, uh, <laughs> yeah, you have. Well, so you have two GTOs in that in that race. We
1: do, we do. We have got two GTOs. We have got a couple of Ferrari uh, competition short bases. I mean, uh, we've really put together an amazing collection of very rare uh, Ferraris that people can come out, come up, walk right up to them. Talk to the owners. Um it's 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 pretty cool.
2: Where do you think uh and and look, we're 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 rooting for you because uh we love these events, especially where you don't have to trailer your car to road Atlanta or Watkins Glen or something. It's nice or to fly be fly it
0: across the world. Or fly
2: <laughs> it. Yeah, they flew my car to Goodwood. But um so, you know, what is it, uh, Cult or am I saying that yeah, right? Cult Lufka yep. Yeah, yep. I mean, we've seen that grow exponentially in the last few years. Like, it's really, there's an appetite mm-hmm. for this. Um, are you kind of following their model? Where do you see yourself in five years, you know?
1: Well, ultimately, this can't, I mean, this, first of all, it's a, this is a total passion project because I, I love historic cars. I love new technology. So, I love all of that. The, the problem is there's nobody that's showcasing it in North America. So that's the goal. Um, I can't keep <laughs> subsidizing this without the support of sponsors as we go down the road. So uh, this is our second event. Uh, we've got a third one planned uh, next year. And, you know, we think we have tremendous momentum uh, going behind it. So it's going to be all about bringing in spectators, um, sponsors that want to come bring their VIP guests, to, you know, not only look at an old car, but look at what, what new technology is offered.
2: Well, I guarantee we will be there next year. Is it, is the, is the date set for next year already?
1: It is. I believe it's October 11th.
2: Um, we will be there. Uh, I will be honored to uh, drive that Trans Am if we're well, uh, still you. there and we'll, we'll bring something cool. We can kind of figure out what, what you might want to see there for us to bring as well. Uh, but I'm uh, I'm excited tonight. Well, I guess we'll probably run into you at uh, Pebble Beach before we see you again in in October. If you're going to be around the track and that kind of stuff, so um, uh, Jeff O'Neill, uh, we're I'm glad we ran into you. And um, uh, let me give a plug out. Velocityinvitational.com dot com is where you go. Um, Just to anyone who's listening, you've been to all the car shows. You've, you've seen a lot of races on TV and stuff. I, I don't think you can fully appreciate this unless you go out there and really experience it and see these cars. And then just again, the setting, you know, the, the thing about the Rolex Historics is it's great, but there's a hundred thousand people there. It's a, you got to wait in line. You know what I right. mean. It's it's tough, well, tough to use the bathroom.
0: This is going on now. So if you're listening and you're in the area, this is a nice little you know swing over to the track and uh, I guess buy a ticket at the door and uh, and check this out. And by all means, post pictures and stuff. We can't wait to see it.
1: Yeah, please. Well, we can't wait. Uh, nice to have you all here. Uh, we look forward to uh, continuing this, and uh, anybody that's uh, out there that wants to come by this weekend will give you a great show, great food, great wine, great spirits, uh, and, a, and a few laughs.
2: Thank you, uh, Jeff O'Neill. Appreciate it. Good seeing you again. Thanks, Adam. Here you guys. All right. Do you think the— uh Duke of Richmond knows what the Pomona Swap Meet is. Do you think he's ever worn shorts? <laughs> no, he probably said good day. He said good day. Uh, let me tell you I guys got about VW and Corvette parts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Rod, of, Rod, the Good Guys Rod and Custom Association is coming to Scottsdale, Arizona. It's the twenty uh, fourth. Speedway Motors, Southwest Nationals, presented by Barrett Jackson at Westworld of Scottsdale. It's November 19th through the 21st. There's over 3,000 classic cars and trucks on display with an autocross, a burnout competition, and vintage dragster exhibition. There's a huge swap meet with hundreds of cars for sale as well. You'll probably see the Duke of Richmond over there. There's fun for the whole family. There's live entertainment. There's a demolition derby and a free kid's zone. Tickets are on sale now at goodguys.com. That's good-guys.com. Free admission for kids six and under. Use promo code CARCAST for $5 off your spectator ticket. So it's goodguys.com, promo code CARCAST.
2: All right. What else is That sounds going? like a yeah. great event oh that he's my got God. going on. And uh, you know,
0: I wish we could make it up there. But uh, also kind of like I get like – end of the year and the weather is great, but there's so much that gets packed on just coming back from SEMA next week is LA auto show and all the press events surrounding it. So I think maybe a little earlier in October, like he mentioned next year Mm -hmm. uh, would be a little better. I know you're going to be like, uh, you know, up there in August, come back, take a little break, pop back up there in, uh, in October.
2: Yeah. I, as long as we can get it on the calendar, I just, I've, been out of town three weekends in a row doing mm-hmm. shows I just never been I think I think I put together like 25 straight days of work or something so it's been it's just been insane but driving that Parnelli Jones a uh, Mustang uh, one of the prettiest ones I think that's the kind of burgundy and black one I think and not the school bus yellow one um,
0: I thought Parnelli Jones was. The uh, was the orange, but then he said Fulmer, and I thought, oh yeah, Fulmer maybe was that the it, black. Well, maybe we can red? find yeah. a picture. Uh,
2: it is the red and black yeah. one. See, that's right? That's a good one.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. I mean, they're both great. They're both what was, great. What was uh, Jim Farley racing? He was racing the school bus, yellow. He was racing the orange car. Yeah, but I forgot who's... I forgot the history on on that car.
2: Uh, I don't know the thing about the the. Vintage Trans Am is it's, it's, it's a really cool class. Some of the cars look better than others. The notchback Mustangs don't look that great in, in race trim, yeah. but the fastbacks look really cool. Um, and then there's the whole kind of Dodge version of this, and then there's the whole AMX version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or AMC or whatever. AMX, Gremlin, not Gremlins, but, uh, God, what what are they, uh, Mat- not Matador, not the Gremlin, the, what, uh, Javelin. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Br- Bruce Canopy yeah. has the Javelin. They had the whole red, white, and blue scheme. Like, there, there's some yeah. cool pieces out there.
0: And the, and the Mustang, Jim Farley was racing one, and then Chip Conner had one. Mm-hmm. And I forgot who, I forgot the drivers of those cars, but they look the same. And that's where some confusion right. we talked about. Yes. Uh, let me tell you guys about Geico. Whether you own your home or rent your home, we know it can be a lot of hard work. But you know, it's easy. It's bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners' or renters' insurance along with your auto policy. And we know that's a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico Easy. Visit geico.com today.
2: All oh, right, you can uh, check out our chassis six eighty seven channel on Pluto TV. We got a lot of automotive stuff there. We got Uppity and Shelby American, twenty four hour war, the Nicky Lada story up there. It's uh, it's all free. You just go to Pluto TV and check it out. Uh, I don't know why you wouldn't. If you listen to us, there's lots of good stuff. You got going racing with Adam Corolla there. You can see me and Matt and all the cool yeah. places we I, go. Don't
0: we have a second season coming out sometime in November? Yeah. November, December?
2: Uh, we got to check into that. Yeah. You go to amcorolla.com for all the live shows. What do you got, Motorator?
0: A bunch of photos and stuff coming up from, uh, from the SEMA show. If you guys want to check that out, you can follow me at Motorator on social media. Big galleries on Facebook and Instagram.
2: So, till next time, Adam Kroll for Jeff O'Neill and Matt, the motorator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and
0: Instagram at CarCastShow. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes.
2: Rockauto.com, why spend thirty to fifty percent, even a hundred percent more for the same parts that a chain store or a dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to rockauto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for twenty years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, everything from engine control modules, to brakes, to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write Corolla in the How Did You Hear About Us? So that is Corolla, C-A-R-O-L-L-A, in the How Did You Hear About Us box. So they know we sent you an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. See just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com.